0: Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas' favorite radio station, KVRE, I'm on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Special guests today, Daniel and Alana Owen, and we've been looking forward to having the pair of you together. We've had Alana on a couple of times. At least once. I think no, well we had you on with Joey. Yeah, when when you guys yeah. did the the Tanner the can- the Tanner uh, cooperative we we had you both on that was yeah that was an entertaining show especially when Joey leaned into the camera and gave Dennis a hard time for her. at that oh, point yeah. he had not been to Clampett, so
1: <laughs> Joey
0: had to make him pay dearly for that comment I think he was vegan shaming me or was it was it
2: cannibal yeah. shaming me because he, yeah. he was like
0: boy are you a vegan I'm like yeah. Yeah,
2: he and thought by the you way, were... I thought I did a really good Joey right there. Boy, are you a vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Is... yeah, that
1: was.
0: He thought you were into soy products or something. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. To, it's good to have you both. Good to good to Thank finally you. get get you on the show, Daniel. All Thank right, you. Dennis. We we've had some technical difficulties that you know nothing about as the audience, but anyway, we had begun the conversation, and Dennis had asked this. I don't know what the multi-part right des- question, what multi-part what the question. Right description would be for the question, but I'll let you re-ask it.
2: Well, I was just going to say, you know, uh, having a, a, a restaurant in the village behind the gates, as opposed to out on a main street, like highway seven, where you have, and, and a little bit more of the history because Daniel, I mean, we we've heard a lot of story, a, a story, but you know, you apparently were dropped in from a spaceship. We didn't hear all that part of the story. So we need to hear <laughs> that part.
1: <laughs> All right. Why don't you start with your story, honey, and then we'll go on okay. to the
3: others. Well, interestingly enough, food is what brought Alana and I together. <laughs> um, her family restaurant back in our hometown of Waco uh, has been long mainstay of the Waco restaurant scene. And uh, growing up, it was always a birthday treat or um, a holiday treat to get to go to her family's restaurant. And um, as I got older, I discovered that it was a great place to go and watch watch the Cowboys play football and have a course of light. And I, I got to know the family and got to know her kind of roundabout ways. Um, and then one night there was a business after hours in downtown Waco. And um, I attended it with a good friend of mine who knew Alana and um, Alana saw me across the room and said, oh boy, I need to meet this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and she didn't know how to introduce herself, but she saw who I was with, and she goes, "Oh, I I know Rhett." So she came up and inter- talked to him, and I got to be introduced to her. And then I found a way every weekend, and sometimes twice or three times during the week, to go to her family restaurant and have a meal with the hopes of seeing her there. <laughs> and uh, she didn't know this, but that's really when we first started dating. She she had <laughs> we
0: <were> <laughs> She didn't know she was dating.
3: Yeah, I I, I, I
0: posted, I posted on Facebook the
2: other day, I I told Diana early on, I said, if you're going to keep calling the cops, every time you see me in the bushes, this relationship may not work. You know what I
3: mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, he told me a while, I mean, like a couple of years ago, he said, you know, I remember when you took me to that catering, you know, La Fiesta catering. And I said, I do. And he goes, that was the first date for me. Um, right. For me, wasn't said, for you. Oh, it, wasn't for me. <laughs> it was. I
3: helped her set up at the, the the local coliseum. It was the rodeo was in town, and they hired La Fiesta, her family restaurant, to cater for the uh, the VIP club area. So we, her and I, drove a big cargo van full of food down to the coliseum, and I helped her roll it all in and set it all up. And I was on a date, as far as I was concerned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was, I still, we might- I mean, weeks later I was still clueless my best friend was like do you not realize that he really likes you I was like but we're friends we're buddies we we have been for years and she's like no he is like telling you he really really likes you and I was like okay and so then it kind of I was like oh okay
2: Daniel Daniel I have to ask did you never explain to her what the concept of a working date is like because that that's that's where you start off going oh you like food I like food too me and food go like this we are way back I've been I've been having food since I was a baby and what what are the odds what are the odds you would be in food huh <laughs> Very true <laughs> so wow. so, and by the way, I have to say, Alana, you tell some great stories, but we've been missing out on Daniel's stories now yes. these are these are very entertaining, these are very entertaining, yes. well, anyway, so y'all been married for quite a while, I didn't know the the Waco story, I love that. I remember Randy did some footnotes in our last show about the restaurant, but I didn't got the I didn't get the stalker concept at that time. <laughs> Yeah, but now it's becoming very clear pretty much. Yeah. well, yes. well ha, l- l- Let's ask how you got back to the village. Now, now, Daniel, you were from the village
3: originally or what? No, no, no. So my, I have an uncle, um, my, one of my dad's younger brothers who has been up here for 40 plus years. Um, and he raises four boys here in the village through Jesseville. Um, now I think three of the boys are still here in the village. Um, but I, I was the oldest out of all the cousins. And so, Usually every summer we would come here and visit my cousins, and we would get to enjoy the village. We were here for a couple of days, but back almost six years ago now, my uncle, my background was in very high-end custom picture framing and art galleries. Um, we did a, uh, we also did wholesale picture framing um, for huge, huge scale. We had uh, truckloads coming in and out every day of picture frames, um, and I managed that factory for my dad for many years, and we. Well, I had bought picture framing equipment and I learned how to repair it because repairmen wanted $100 an hour to do it. I didn't want to pay that. And so I really learned how to work on picture framing equipment. Well, my uncle here in the village bought a whole bunch of equipment for his picture framing facility. And um, it was all, it had all been worn out two or three times before he got it, <laughs> the equipment. So he called me and said, Hey, man, I know you can work on this stuff. I, I need you to come up here. So I was kind of in a weird spot in life uh, personally. And I was, you know what? It's time for a fresh scene. And so I drove up here kind of on a whim and ended up staying, uh, ended up getting a little, we call it the elf house. It was a little tiny apartment on, in, in DeSoto Courts, one of the first buildings built here in the village. And um, it was so small. Like I'm 6'4". If I stood on my tiptoes in the kitchen, I, my head would be in the light fixture. <laughs> and um, it, was, it, it used to overlook the old pool in DeSoto Courts. But um, I convinced Alana to come visit me. And um, so she came up and I tried to get her to stay. And she said, well, you're going to have to marry me and then I'll stay. So we ended up, uh, that was, that was really the backstory of how we ended up getting married, but it was all because of picture frames and food.
2: So, so let me get this straight. So this was her idea of a working date.
3: That was her idea. Yes. That was her idea. We were, <laughs> neither one of us were talking the same language, apparently.
1: Yeah.
3: But figured it out.
1: It was it was funny. The, the timing. So at that same point in time, um, my oldest daughter uh, just got accepted to the University of Arkansas um, in the architecture program. So and then my mother moved to Rogers and retired on Beaver Lake um, all at the same time. So it just felt like, you know, the cosmic, you know, whatever it is, was in the works. And this is where we you know both needed to be. And so, yeah, that's, that's six years now since we've. Been. So now,
2: cut, race just jump ahead just a little. We end up at the Isabella Golf Course, and so, then yeah. at Melinda's. And so, how does that <laughs> so, work?
1: Melinda's first. Yeah, Melinda's was first. Um, we, uh, I just went in with his cousin Mark Owen, and we bought uh, Melinda's from Melinda Bickford, um, who originally had it for several years, and um, that was back in twenty-seven April of twenty seventeen. And then in April of 2018, we had um, been asked to take over the uh, facility at the Isabella Golf Course. And so we opened a a new concept restaurant there called The Saint at Isabella. Um, We were there for two and a half years, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, You know, doing a a restaurant, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, inside the gates or outside the gates, you know, the difference... um, Being on a, you know, a golf course, we were, and this was, you know, first I've, you know, owned, you know, ran restaurants, several different marketplaces, and and different um, kinds of cuisine, but never on a golf course. So originally I said, well, it needs to be a destination restaurant, you know, we need to be able to cater to the golfers and to you know survive um, the winter time and when golfers are here you know we need people coming in
2: well now, so, now just just a moment Inter- define for our listeners and watchers what a destination restaurant is what that means so
1: people need to be going specifically there um, they need to know where they're going it needs to be on top of their minds like you know tanners or home plate you know would be out here. Um, it's a full-service restaurant uh, not just a golf course restaurant not and, a burger place
2: uh, not a burger place
1: correct yeah. So, and, and there's different ways of doing it. You know, we could just focus on the golfers and have very little labor and just do, you know, dogs and sandwiches and, and whatnot. But we chose to go the other way. Um, and it was, a, a, you know, the first year was awful. And uh, most restaurant startups are. And the second year was really phenomenal. We finally figured out, you know, what they wanted, what the you know, customers wanted in that area. And every single month, and I can show anybody the numbers because I still have them. It's pretty impressive. But every month we went up 100%, wow. 100%, 100%. And so we knew we were doing something great. Right. However, you know, after the second year, then um, the ABC came and said, hey, after 50 years.
3: We had built a large <laughs> portion of our business on a business model that no one in the village knew was actually illegal. Um, it was <laughs> not legal to sell alcohol beverages out of your restaurant for golfers to take on the course with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was highly, but they've been allowing him in the village for 50 plus years. And uh, finally the agent, whoever was over it that knew the Coopers originally, he retired and a new agent came in this new agent. He was like like the kid that got picked on in high school and he finally <laughs> got a thimble full of power. And he said, I'm going to wield it to its maximum effect. And he, I mean, he cut a 30 to 40% swath out of our margins by Because that's our highest profit margin is your drinks and golfers coming in and buying a triple shot of Tito's in their Yeti cup and taking out on the golf course with them is that's, that's a massive amount of money and out of town golfers had no idea that so they would either have to leave the village and go to a liquor store. Or bring it or to bring because they had they had thought they could buy it from the restaurant on the golf course like most golf courses were
1: Not like they had been doing okay. and like it had been. last
2: well, I mean, and who wants to play golf sober? I mean, come on, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I Hello. I mean, come on. Let's be real about this, right? Yeah. No, so, I, I knew that they had changed that rule, and I knew that I, 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 twenty years ago I would be at Balboa, and they'd say you can take that with you, and I'm like, oh, right. okay, yeah, cool. I'm in a pri- I'm in a private gated community. I'm in the world's largest backyard. I can do this, right? Yeah. No. So
1: now it's Not something anymore. that now they've made it through. They figured it out to where you have to get a dual license of some sort, but you still can't sell liquor or wine on the course, just beer only. Um, which again, I mean, all of our out-of-towners, it was, you know, double Jack and Coke and, you know, so on and so on. So we, in the first month that that happened, it was about $3,000 loss that we calculated. Ouch. You know, the And there, with the rent, utilities, and everything, it was about 3000 a month, you know, just for those things. Um, so we kind of kept going, and really, depending on, you know, the diners that were coming in for our meatloaf night or our burger night, you know, whatever. Um, but then it just, uh, COVID hit. And- COVID was
3: the real, I mean, it, we were already on such razor thin margins and having to rethink our entire business model. Um, and then COVID came along, and I mean, it just took all the wind out of the sails. It was it's hard enough in perfect times, let alone any kind of something like COVID happening. Um, it, it, it was, In fact, at that time, Alana had taken a job as a GM at a fine dining restaurant in Little Rock, just so that we could cover food costs, our labor costs, and maybe have something left to feed our kids with. It yeah. was very, very difficult.
1: It was rough
3: for, for a while. <laughs> so I, at that time, I would open Melinda's in the morning and work here till two, and then I would race across the village to Isabella and work there until close, and go home and crash, and start all over again the next day. While she was in Little Rock.
2: <laughs> so what the problem is is that you're just lazy. It's what yeah. I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, of course. But y'all just sit around eating bonbons on the couch.
1: That's right, buddy.
2: <laughs> right, and and getting a third job to go into Little Rock because you you don't drive enough. Yeah. You need to drive more, right?
1: Yeah, I don't well, like so
2: the pandemic shot a hole in this and then the liquor sales made another hole in it. Mm -hmm. And so, but you have Melinda's all the same time, right?
1: Yes. And you know, Melinda's was, so when, when we first bought it, it was more coffee um, than anything. Um, A few sandwiches and some quiche, but um, that was, that was the main part of it. So we remodeled and there was a boutique in here. Uh, We made more dining room space, expanded the kitchen tremendously, built a patio. Really expanded the menu. Now Melinda's, you know, four and a half years later, has really become more of a, you know, food. It's all about the food. Yes, the coffee is still, you know, great, and people still come in for their macchiatos and everything on a daily basis. But it's all about the food now. I mean, we do most of our revenue from food. Well, let's let's friends.
2: talk about the hours because the the outside person, the people from out of town, would go, oh, we're going to come by about seven o'clock and have dinner at Melinda's and right the doors locked yeah Not
1: so yeah it's uh we're so sunday's the only day we're closed so it's monday through saturday but we open at seven o'clock in the morning and then uh, we close at 2 p.m except fridays we do do a friday night dinner which changes we put out about a three-month calendar um and send that out to all you know email blasts and on our website and it changes every week you know it's something different but um, you know, we we make homemade bread every morning um, for our sandwiches. We make homemade kolaches and klobosniks now, which is um, I can't believe how we figured that out. But we, <laughs> I mean, really, we've you know, being from Texas, being from Waco, 15 minutes from where we live is, is West Texas. And that is like a little Czech capital of Texas. Um,
3: actually, my birthplace is West. He was and born there. I grew up eating the Czech food. And that's, we've, I've always wanted to have kolaches for this area and klobosnik for this area. We finally, finally have that now. And I think we've created a monster. I sell out almost every day and I'm back there kneading the dough. Like this morning I was letting the dough rise for the kolaches and people were knocking on the door wanting more kolaches. I like, it's going to be 25 more minutes. There's nothing I can do about it. So, yeah.
2: so the, the story goes that James Taylor was walking down the, uh, the, uh, hallway and Carol King came up and said, Hey, I got the song. I'm about to record. It's called You've Got a Friend. Would, would you want to record this first? And he said, yeah, that sounds good. Little did I know I would sing that song every night of my life for the rest of my born existence.
3: <laughs> Does any of this sound familiar? Is that A little bit. bit. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. But when you love it and you're passionate about it, it's really not a big deal. I, I've always heard the cliche of, you know, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And I always kind of laughed at it and mocked that. That's that's impossible. It's just (laughs) that's just somebody trying to make you feel good. But when you really, when you're passionate about like, we make our tortillas from scratch every morning, and we don't cook our tortilla until you order a breakfast taco, and then we cook that tortilla. And when you do that, I I don't care. I've cooked. Thousands of tortillas now, and it's still every one I make. I'm still just as excited as I was (laughs) the first one I made.
2: Randy, I'm pretty sure that on your next visit, we're going to have to go. I haven't tried this. I haven't tried any of this. Uh, Ever since this, during the pandemic, this there was this care package on my front door that Diane and I ate on for the next week. And I'm like, who makes this kind of food?
1: Yeah, Nobody's going to leave around me hungry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Randy, what I know you got. No, it's, it's
0: good. Well, listen, I can tell it's a passion, you know, with Daniel, because he's the guy who's showing up all the rest of us husbands, you know, who, who, I mean, if we can microwave a bowl of oatmeal, then we're doing good. You know, I <laughs> mean, he, 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 he creates for her these, these elaborate dishes. And I'm like, I look at it and it's like, it, it looks delicious. And I don't even have a clue what it is. you know. <laughs> Somebody, Uh, somebody may remark, you know, we need recipes or something. I'm like, that wouldn't help me. I mean, he could give me a detailed, there's no way I could replicate this. You know I mean? It looks like something that you would get at one of the best restaurants here in the Dallas Fort worth area, you know, and she's coming home to it. And I'm like, man, alive, you know, I don't need my wife seeing this.
1: Well, you know,
3: it created an amazing opportunity. Whenever we partnered with the Clampets and bought Tanner's and Alana, her expertise and where she is good. Suits Tanners, her skill set suits there better than mine right now, and I'm looking forward to learning that skill set. But I've just now kind of slipped my teeth into the Melinda's skill set, and so it's really worked out amazing. Where I get off work, and she's still hard at work, and I want to learn how to be better chef, be better cook. I want to learn how to do it, and um, so it's given me this opportunity where I can go home and take a couple hours and really create something special for my family. And I've never had time like that in the afternoons before. I was always work until 536 and get home, maybe grab something to go on the way home kind of guy. Yeah, um, and so Randy,
2: he, he scared me there just for a minute because he said, I, I want to go home and I want to be at, make a better, and I thought he was going to say husband.
0: And I'm like, we're screwed. <laughs> we're screwed.
3: Yeah, well,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, but he's he's doing that too. I just want to know a lot. <laughs> so do these taste as good as they look? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. See. so I'll The
3: deal is. I, I, we, we, we watch, I think we, we got the discovery app on our TV and we yeah. will pick a show and we'll just binge every episode. We ran across the Beat Bobby Flay and we started watching that from mm-hmm. the very beginning. He has hundreds of episodes of that show. Yeah. And um, I was on Amazon last year and um, I saw a cookbook. It was one of the hundred best recipes from Beat Bobby Flay. So I ordered it and I said, you know what? I'm going to cook my way through this cookbook. And that's really where my a lot of my inspiration because they have pictures to show me how to place better. I can kind of try to do what they're doing, and um, and and I, I would post even more, talk more. I don't know how to pronounce the names of most of the dishes. <laughs> all these French words, I don't know. Well, that I makes just me just feel better. <laughs> but it's what, what are we having
2: tonight, honey? We what, it's right here. I, I can't read yeah, it, but it's that. Right, whatever that name is. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're
3: having. That, that's where I'm at. <laughs>
2: tie I don't know. Yeah, that's like, all right. Spagatti. I don't know. But you know, Randy, the, the fact that he just gave us his inside skinny, I mean, there's hope for us. There's no right. desire. I'm, I, I'm not
0: trying to be a good, no. Good. Bobby Flay be... could be standing right by me and telling me, instructing me, and I still wouldn't be able to pull it off. <laughs> so there's, no.
3: There's layers of flavor that you build, and I did not understand this. I am. I, it's because I didn't. I never wanted, never care about learning. I guess growing up, and I grew up on a family farm. I, my mom. I'm also six kids. My mom had all of us at home, homeschooled all of us, graduated all six of us. Uh, we had a huge. I mean, we milked cows twice a day by hand. A giant garden. We always cooked from scratch. When I left home at 18, I would want to eat white bread and bologna because I was tired of all that. <laughs> and looking back, I had no idea what I was walking away from. How I mean, amazing it was <laughs> eating that way. Yeah. Well, nice.
2: let, let's switch gears just for a second. Tell us more about Tanner's. What's going on out there?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Tanner's is, so we're closed Sunday, Monday there. And it will probably stay closed Sunday, Monday for a while. Um, my, uh, Tuesday through Saturday just as well. But Saturdays, we're only open four to eight. Um, dinner service only on Saturdays, which seems to be working well. And Saturdays are, there's a daily special every every day, every dinner service. But um, Saturdays is kind of my playground day, you know, I can kind of go in there and have fun and see what new things, you know, Joey got in for fish wise and um, just really have fun with food and have time because we're closed during the day. So I can go in there at noon, have the kitchen to myself and and just really have fun with cooking. But um, it is doing amazing. It, it It's, it always has done amazing. Um, it's been around for 11 years. And, you know, we're, I feel very blessed, you know, to have this opportunity and um you know and have this partnership with the clampets as well but it's it's awesome it's doing well
2: Well, there's a phrase you'll never hear me and randy say and having fun cooking in the kitchen on saturday i don't think randy is that no no i think i think we're good i think we're good unless
0: it involves microwave dope mill
1: with me i'm a i'm a serious goofball in the kitchen i am a walking jukebox my staff is like, "What are you singing now?" Like, I don't know. I'm dancing and singing all through the kitchen. It's it's um I'm just a big goofball. The world need,
2: <laughs> the world needs more happy people and I mean that sincerely. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Well, but but I want to say also, so what's the what's Joey brought and I can imagine, but content-wise and and produce-wise, I guess is what I'm trying to say or so, you know, sub, supplies. What's he brought to Tanners because I Pardon the term, but I, I love Tanner's as much as I do, but it's commodity food. I mean, not, it's not, it's not yep. a criticism of it. Yep. I can imagine that Joey brought a different level of, of product to that.
1: Yes. Yeah. So um, that was one of our biggest things. You know, we didn't want to come in and completely change everything that, um, you know, it has a little, you know, customer base, but we definitely wanted to bring in some higher end things and really elevate. Um, I'm finally, I've got some management staff there now. Thank God. <laughs> And um, they're really gonna help me in the front of the house so I can really spend time in the back of the house um, as far as recipes go. But Joey is an expert when it comes to bringing and finding you know, good quality seafood and steaks. Um, he, he really is. And him being able to hand cut in his own butcher shop that he has uh, just brings a whole nother level um, of cuisine you know, that, that wasn't there before. And so it's um, it's pretty incredible. And we're still like I said, I told you all before, I think the chicken fried steak is my goal, which get this. This is so great. So we went to Tankersley is one of our food distributors and they invited us to do, um, you know, a, a tasting with their chef there. So we get there and the chef is his airs this week. I think it airs this week. He was just on an episode of Beat Bobby Flay. And, um, I was there, you know, and he's cooking for us and we're trying all these different foods. And I was telling him and the, the big wigs that were there Lee, I said, you know, Tanner's my goal. I want I want people driving from all over the state to get our chicken fried steak. You know, this is a big deal. And they all started chuckling. And I was like, what's the so funny? They're like, wait till you see next week's episode. On <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? They were like, that's all we can say. We can't yeah. say anything else. <laughs> and they were like, you're going to be calling chef Brooks next week after you watch it. And I was like, Oh, so he chose chicken fried steak to do beat Bobby play. <laughs> it's like, this is amazing. So yeah, I can't wait to watch it and then go, you know, kick his brain on chicken fried steak. But, um, yeah, it's still just a big goal of ours there.
0: Well, what prompted I'm totally, that. So I'm what, sorry, prompted, really what, what prompted that pursuit? Why, why did you pick that?
1: My chicken fried steak. Yeah, I, it's just the it's the ultimate southern comfort food, and I've yeah. had it so many places, you know, in my lifetime that people have royally messed it up, <laughs> and 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 you know, and you can you can tell when it comes off the truck, and I you know I just there's a big difference in really hand bat you know making sure that steak is ran through the cuber you know, the proper piece of meat hand battering it frying it in good, you know, oil, and then making that scratch cream gravy is uh it just a whole nother cream level gravy out of a bag
3: or out of a bucket. Yeah. You have to make it start yeah. with butter and flour. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. It's it, it, when you said, when you said chicken fried steak, all I could think was, is Oh dear Lord. I mean, it, it, it <laughs> chicken fried steak runs the gamut from gourmet chicken fried steak, where you're going to just literally pardon the term S O S you yep. know That's it's, right. the, yep. that it, it's it's the lowest common denominator. It's uh, I've I have had a, before. I've had it. It tasted like somebody took a piece of loaf bread, put it in the fryer, breaded it, put it in the fryer, and brought it out and went, "Here's your protein." Yeah. And I'm like.
3: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And
2: typically the sides that go with it are associated to the same degree. They're pretty rotten mashed potatoes out of a can. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So what a fascinating, I mean, it's it's a basic, it is the basic in the South, I would guess.
1: Yeah, it is. And we do ours. I mean, we're still you know, tweaking some things, but at Tanner's we do the ch- we do the gravy first on the plate. And then we do the chicken fried steak on top. And this is Daniel's um, idea. And the reason, yeah, and the reason is because when you put a hot piece of chicken fried steak on the plate, immediately condensation makes it soggy on the bottom, right? So then you pour gravy on top, and then that makes it soggy. So, I mean, a few bites in, it's soggy. So if you have it on the bottom, it stays crunchy on top throughout your meal. So that's
3: every bite is crunchy all the way through.
0: Look (laughs) at the big brains on him, man.
3: (laughs) The things I think about is crunchiness. That's, on a that's steak. awesome.
0: Uh, listen, I'm the kid that grew up. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was a fantastic cook. So is my mom. Uh, my wife, not so much, and she'll tell you that she likes to sew, so she doesn't cook. But yeah, I grew. I grew up. I grew up. You know, p- pounding. You know, getting great cuts of meat, beating the snot out of it. You know, yeah. hand battered stuff. Everything from scratch. Right. You know, so you're going to have, or do you have fried okra or did I ask you that already?
1: We
0: do have fried okra. Yeah. See, I got to have fried okra. With yeah. <laughs> a
1: steak, man. We'll, we'll awesome. be by
0: next week. We'll be by yeah, next week. Awesome. I,
2: I got to tell go. you, by the way, on behalf of my wife, as we, as we wrap up here, I do have one question. Is there a low fat version of that? No, <laughs> no. No. no, I think
3: we. I, we, I think we have a salad dressing at melina's that's a light salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only light yeah. thing you get. to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm not thinking
0: so. Yeah. I'm not thinking so. No. No, you take all the calories out, you take the taste away. So who what, cares? What
1: would you do? What would you
2: do yeah. without battering and yeah. yeah. Come on. The kolaches
0: on. though. The butter. kolache. The kolache move. That was. I mean, the minute you posted that photograph, and of course I'm here in DFW, and.
1: Yeah, so you know about
0: over here in Tarrant County, we got we, you know there's a bunch of kolachi shops, and so yeah. oh yeah, I'm I'm in, I'm all in. I mean, the minute I saw that, I thought, yeah, now that's a great idea. So yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised you sell out every day. That's that's yeah, awesome.
1: They're, they're delicious. So it's what else is what here. else is
0: in your test kitchen, Daniel? Anything?
1: <laughs>
3: um, well, so we are working on a concept, uh, and we're hoping to unveil next month but we're trying to create an underground supper club for the village
1: with, with the partnership. And, and we, of... we
3: are working with another local restaurant, uh, food truck, Kimberly a, Pitts. Tour. Kimberly Pitts and barbecue pit stop. She
1: has the barbecue pit stop over there uh, next to the so one of a kind. antique. We, we're
3: working out the details and how we're going to do it. And the kind of response it's going to have to be a, a higher ticket price per item, but we're going to do some really off the wall, amazing food, Something that you probably wouldn't even go to Little Rock and be able to find. Yeah. Um, and we want to do a really not exclusive, but a very um, a, a, it be invitation not, only. it'd be invitation-only kind of event. Um, hmm. Maybe do it one night a month. Uh, figure fair, out which night. But we're really I think we'll build something really interesting for the village and has something that people really look forward to trying and, and tasting different things and seeing different things yeah. and really having a place we can showcase along with Kimberly and especially Kimberly's an amazing chef. She, yeah. she does a lot of really, she will bring out a different side of Alana and I, and we'll be able to bounce ideas and techniques around that. I think will be, uh, I think it'll be over the top. Um, so the, would, so would this,
0: would this be like a group, like a group that you would kind of hand, you would kind of handpick who you might want at the table and
1: yeah exactly conversa- yeah.
0: conversation and great food and all that.
1: Yes, and we're gonna be. It'll be only farm to table, so it'll be all the local, you know, uh, farmers will be working with and what they have coming up, and it'll be pre pre planned out, obviously, because they're gonna be able to tell me this is what I got that's good right now, and yeah. so on and so yeah. on. But yeah, it'll be invitation only. Um, that's we're awesome. Just, we're well, too bad to you won't.
0: Get, too bad you won't ever be invited, Dennis, or me either. But <laughs> <I> have <laughs> a great idea. It's a great.
2: It's a great I, it's a I, keep idea, though. I keep going to the post ma- the mailbox, but no, no, there's yeah. nothing well, the in the mailbox.
3: The, the deal is the price point that it'll have to be to make it worthwhile for everyone to do. So that's going to kind of price. I mean, it's, it's going to have to be that close closing in on hundred dollars a person kind of meal, yeah. Yeah. but the candlelit experience, um, yeah. wine pairings, food, I mean, it, yeah. it'll really sure. be worth every penny. Yeah.
2: That may be why and the mailman fun. didn't bring it to my house. Maybe that's why
3: hey hey we can figure out a way we're all about figuring out more stuff like that too we really want to utilize the kitchens that we have and keep them going i mean we pay the overhead to keep them here anyway let's pump out more more food out of them well
2: let, let me let me throw a compliment at you real quick uh when i was in printing for 13 years in another lifetime ago 30 years ago uh there were two ways to do printing it was like, okay, keep everything huddled over. We can't tell anybody what we're working on. And then there was like, hey, can you help me on this? And I'll help you on that. And we'll work together on this. I applaud you. I think this is visionary. I think it's it's forward-looking. Your competitors are not your enemies. They're just... Right. They're, and yeah, and, and to be able to say, my competitor does a fantastic job. I like how yeah. they cook that. Doesn't diminish you in any way.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. No, Yeah. Well, we, came- we... um I think it's imperative that um, all of the restaurateurs out here, um, you know, we're friends with with everybody, I believe. And so, yeah, we all try to support each other, um, you know, and Kimberly has been in the area I think a little over a year, but she's from Memphis. Um, You know, she reached out to me a while back and I tried her food and it was amazing. And, you know, we shared a post about it on our Melinda's page and um, yeah, it's just, um, you know, right. Rising tide floats all ships. You know, that's That's a big thing that, you know,
3: Ever since we really started dating and got married it was the rising tide floats, all ships. And we want to be on that rising tide and we want as many people with us along the along the way. Yeah.
0: I think it's a great idea. And the communal part of that, your timing probably is is pretty spot on because yeah. people are so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And yeah. yeah, the great conversation and great food, I mean, they go together. So why not? I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: That's a good we're idea. It's a it. fantastic idea. I yeah, tell you what, he just continues to show us up. We're gonna have I to do I repeatedly game. and randy
2: Why do we invite them on again?
0: I don't I'm know, confused. but we're never gonna have him on. we're never having him on again. Oh, so. For the final episode is. with Daniel, we,
2: uh...
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's too late for guys like us, though, Dennis. You know, he's he's still a young guy, so never
3: too late. It's never too. Yeah,
0: late. listen. After 44 years of marriage, if I haven't impressed Rhonda by now, and I haven't, then it ain't gonna happen. So. No. I, I asked. I asked
2: Randy one day. I said, "Does Rand, do, does Rhonda like to travel?" He said, "She loves to travel. She married the wrong guy, but she mm-hmm. loves to travel."
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She married a homebody, so I don't know what's up with that. But yeah, anyway. who knew?
2: Who knew? Yeah,
0: exactly. For
2: another wonderful and delightful episode with Alana and I guess Daniel, it has <laughs> it has been a delight <laughs> to have you on Hot Springs Village Inside okay. Out for Dennis Simpson That's and true. Randy Contrell. Great seeing y'all. Thanks
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.